headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thank you for joining us, America. It's a free call at 888-825-5225. Dr. John Deloney, number one best-selling author of the book Own Your Past, Change Your Future, and host of the very popular Dr. John Deloney Show on Ramsey Network's podcast. You should check it out. Uh, if you want to know about mental health and relationships and just getting along with other other humans, it's a big deal and hard to do sometimes because sometimes those humans aren't that human. So there's or sometimes that. those humans say human wrong. That's cool. <laughs> that's, that's cool. <laughs> you don't. You, you really didn't think I did. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I know you did. Yeah. Okay. So just just making sure you're on the track. He has a new book out that we just put into pre-sale, and it is breaking all Ramsey records in pre-sale. Thank you, America. Uh, it is actually going to be published and uh, shipped to you on October the third. But if you buy it now. The book is called uh, "Building a Non-Anxious Life." Um, if you buy, if you go ahead and buy it now, it's only twenty bucks, and we throw in seventy-five dollars worth of items. In other words, it helps John, me, the marketing team. If we pre-sell these, it helps with the marketing process, um, big time. And so we're willing to bribe you to pre-sell it. And also, on top of that, it's an awesome book. So you will get, uh, of course, the ebook and the audio book and other things, Smoke, Fire, and Freedom. Uh, his latest talk will be sent to you right now. And all on this subject of building a non-anxious life in one of the most anxious cultures in the history of the world. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get that, get that out into people's hands. I've been doing the podcast circuit as uh, we ramp up and um, it's, I think the book's more of a felt need than even I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we knew that, that because we, you did the quick read, which is the equivalent of a chapter, uh, that we put out called redefining anxiety, 150,000 of those sold. So we knew that, uh, a lot of folks were concerned about this subject. Um, there's six daily choices in the book that you make in order to build an unanxious life. And, you know, it is the, Honestly, you you really did find a way to weave between the nerd world of psychology, and um, and, and grandma's common sense. Yeah, it's got a it's got a lot of both in there, but in a way that's digestible. It. I just want to tell you this happened um, the other day. I was speaking. You and I were just talking off air. I was speaking to a university faculty, and um, all the faculty come together. That's called pre-session. It happens at every university, and um, I was meeting with the faculty, and I finished the talk and it went very well and at the end and then the president stands up to go up and i sit down in my seat and i'm all by myself and i feel somebody tug on my shirt and there's a man in the aisle had walked down in front of everybody in this theater we were in and he's got a name tag on his shirt he's one of the maintenance guys and he grabs my head from the back of my he puts his hand on the back of my head and gets real close. So he can whisper in while the president of the university is talking, addressing these faculty, the esteemed faculty. And he said, this changed my life. Thank you. And I remember thinking, and he said, I've been listening to the show. I've read one of the other things. And he, and I remember thinking, I wrote this book for you. I wrote this book. It took all this nerd stuff that me and my nerd friends have to somebody who doesn't read a lot of books who just wants to be a better dad. And I got choked up sitting right there. I was doing everything I could just to not lose it because it was a brave act for that guy um, to walk all the way down and to, and to bless me in that way. But 
that's exactly what I set out to do, which is not to write a man. The Huberman's of the world, those guys are brilliant. And those Peter T's in the world, those guys are brilliant. I, I can't write like that. Those guys are smart. And they have, they have that, that area covered. I want to write a book that for people who don't read a lot of books, but are just sick and tired of living this anxious, stressed, burned out life. And so um, it's resonating in a way that I didn't anticipate. It's pretty neat. Yeah. I think one of the reasons this show has worked for 30 years is, is that we realize that people actually need other people. And one of the six choices is, you know, choosing friends, choosing community, choosing relationships. And, uh, the lonelier you are, uh, the more you set yourself up for anxiety. So one of the things is to start choosing in that area, right? Yeah. I, I have just come to believe, I don't believe the human body can be well in isolation. I don't believe it can be okay. Um, you can make a bunch of money. You can get six pack abs. You can find somebody to marry you. I don't think your nervous system will rest and relax until it knows I got somebody watching the right flank and somebody watching the left flank and somebody that's, that's there for me in the middle of the night. We're just not designed to do it. Um, and so I don't know. I think you can do all the meditation and you can do all the gratitude journaling. You can do all that stuff. If your body knows you're alone, you are not going to be um, well or whole. And you're going to show up to work on Mondays wondering why you're snapping at your kids, wondering why you just hollered at your husband, wondering why you're so mad at your boss. It has nothing to do with any of that stuff. It has to do with the body trying to get your attention, saying we can't do this by ourselves. Now, being a hermit is a mental illness. Yeah, it's, it's tough, yeah. It, it either is caused by it or will cause it. It's, it's, and it's recursive, right? It works yeah. in and of itself, and it just builds on itself. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. If you go, if you if you're a little crazy, so you go off by yourself, you get even crazier. That's right. And I'll be the first to say, uh, if you're hearing me say that, and you'll you look around and you say, yeah, I'm 41, I'm 36, I'm 58, and uh, the idea of quote unquote going to make a new friend sounds about as much fun as setting my mm-hmm. my hair on fire mm-hmm. just to watch it burn. Um, I address that. It's the worst, and we got to go do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think back to our my, my grandparents. I'm about your grandparents. Um, I think your grandparents got off the ark, but my grandparents, uh, they, they, um, I mean, it was, everybody smoked, everybody smoked and it's when everybody, I think they didn't feel good, but everybody smoked. And it's when they came out and go, Hey, whoa, everybody, this is killing it. It's going to kill you. You got to stop. And, um, there were some grandparents that did and some that didn't, it was hard. It was just hard. And it's hard to keep smoking and live that life. And it was hard to, to stop smoking after smoking for X number of years. You had to choose which is a hard path. And um, if you choose the one that's going to give you longevity in life and give your health back, that's hard. And if you're going to keep just plugging along, that's going to be a hard path too. Making friends is very similar. Yeah, Living alone is going to kill you. So you're going to live a lonely life that's hard or you're going to do the scary hard work and say, hey man, you want to go, you want to go grab a drink? You want to come over and, and have dinner? It's to make, The culture has forgotten how to call up and say, hey, bring a dish. We're having dinner tonight. Just be weird. Yeah, I mean, whatever you got left in the fridge, come on over. Yeah, half a bottle or whatever, come on over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've forgotten how to do it. Yeah, and um, when someone does it, it's like, oh, that was cool. It's the awesome oh, thing. I just <laughs> part of me forgot that. I mean, like when we were kids, we used to do that, you know. And yeah, but it's uh, we're we're too plugged into where we're going out to eat. Uh, we're too plugged into uh, it's the, know, the it's the Instagramification, clicking a button, yeah, and crap showing up on the front porch. Well, I even uh, I've, I've been working with somebody. Um, off air not on my show and one of the assignments i give him and his wife is you have to have somebody over for the next 30 days once a week and you have to intentionally leave something out in the living room like a laundry basket or a like a trash sack Mm. you can't over curate this this house you've got to be you 
and you got to deal with that. Uh, what are they going to think about me? It doesn't matter. They're your friends. Like they brought over half a dish. It's probably not and, even that good. If they do care, then they're not the right. They're not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so exactly. Go. Winston and Rachel came over recently. They didn't mention our the cleanliness of our house at all. We just laughed a lot. It was awesome. Rachel doesn't need to mention the cleanliness of anything. That is correct. All right, just to be sure there. <laughs> just to be real clear on that. All right, there we go. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, guys, it's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry. But I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses, and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Debbie is in San Francisco on line five. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Maybe not. I think I messed it up. Let's try again. How about now? Debbie, you there? I am here. There we go. What's up? How can we help? Well, I just want to know if, if there's ever a time when it would make sense to pay off home debt with um, traditional IRA. My situation is that um, I re- recently retired, and before I retired, we were cruising along. We ha- owe on our house about 65000 um, We had everything paid off. Um, my husband's self-employed and had a business credit card that he would pay off every month through through that. And all of a sudden, we had a situation after I retired where we had a series of unfortunate things happen. So now I'm sitting here, and it's like we owe $64,000 on the house. We now have a brand-new car loan that I didn't plan on buying for another year or two. And um, we're, we're basically retired. My husband's still doing a little bit of side work. But How old are so I'm you? On, I'm 65. And how much is in your retirement? We have $1.1 million. Why did you not just take out money and buy a car? Because it's all in traditional. I don't care. So, yeah. Well, okay. So that that's that's my question. Is, you have no is, money okay. except your IRAs? Well, we had about $40,000, but now it's down to about five. You, you have no money, basically, except your IRAs? Correct, yeah. You have a million dollars in traditionals? Yes. Way to go. You're millionaires. You're amazing. I, it's it's great, but I'm so the fact that it feels all trapped that. kept it from feeling amazing. But just let's just take a minute here and go, hey, Debbie's a millionaire. Woo! Let's just stop and say that, right? Well, thank you. Yeah, it does. It does and her old man is too, because he took the ride with her. So there we go. But yeah, <laughs> all right. So what do you own? A stupid car? Okay, so we owe thirty-two thousand. Okay, so you need a hundred grand. So you're gonna have to take out a hundred and fifty. Ta-da! Yeah. Okay, so it's my stupid tax, right? No. You have to pay taxes on it. Yeah. Yeah. You might as well pay some taxes. I, okay, so I'm so relieved that you're saying this. Yes. Yeah, We the only time we tell people not to cash out retirement at your age to pay off debt is if they don't have enough. Like if you told me I have a $500,000 mortgage and I have 600000 
in my retirement, I'd be going, Ugh, that's a hard one, right? You're not, but you're not looking at that. You got nine hundred grand left over when we finish talking, right? And right. Uh, and then the other time we tell people not to use retirement is if they're not over fifty nine and a half, so they get penalized. So you don't uh, cash out your four hundred one k when you're forty five because the government takes ten percent plus your tax rate and they kick your butt. So all you're going to get hit with is the taxes that you have never yet paid on this earning on these earnings. Oh, I'm going to sleep so much better tonight. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so you're debt free. You're debt free by the end of the week. You got a couple uh, keystrokes on the computer to do to get the money out and get over there, and then you're fine. Um, and it's it's and you've got mandatory required minimum distributions at 72. You know that, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That, that we're very aware, very aware of that. But yeah. I just felt like I had screwed everything up. No, you haven't screwed everything up. <laughs> the only, I mean. The only thing you did is you probably bought a – I might go back and revisit that car decision. Oh, it sounds like you guys absolutely. panicked. But, uh, but yeah, but either way, um, you know, uh, you got the money. You're millionaires. I mean, you, you can make a $40,000 mistake when you have a million. You can't make a $40,000 mistake when you have 40000 It's kind of a problem. So, um, But you set yourself up. And it's not even a mistake because you actually own the car, and now we're just paying it off. The only big mistake was that. So – that that that's the process all right let's go to uh joel in houston hi joel welcome to the ramsey show hi ramsey how you doing better than we deserve how can dr john and i help well thank you so much for taking me on um but see i'm calling you today this is because i'm very nervous um about the new student loan payments you know, resuming and everything mm-hmm. um so i'm 24 years old you know i make sixty thousand dollars a year and I am soon to be married, so I'm currently engaged. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, what do you do? Uh, yeah, so um, I am a – so I work in logistics, uh, transportation logistics. You got a supply and, chain degree and you make sixty grand. Yes, sir. Well, that sucks. You need to make more than that. You're probably worth eighty. <laughs> I'm working towards it yet. Yeah, it took a while to get a sixty. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, dude, the marketplace right now is about 80 for a newly graduated. I mean, you got a four-year degree in supply chain? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, you're underpaid. I'll just tell you. You need to go look at it. Anyway, what, how much student loan debt have you got? <laughs> uh, so I have about 30000 on a car. You know, 30000 Joel. And you make sixty. Okay, how much is your student loan debt? Eighteen k. Okay, and, and your fiancé, what does she do? Uh, she works for um, a government facility. It's a ch- children's assessment center. Um, you know, they, they take care yeah. of children. They have What's she make? Whatever. Um, she makes $19 an hour. And she has a four-year degree? Yes. Criminal justice. Okay. Uh, the two of you are vastly underpaid, so we're going to work on your careers for sure. Um, you bought a car you can't afford, sir. The car is in cray cray land. Nutty. <laughs> Nutty. Thirty a sixty thousand dollar car you make I mean you make sixty and you have a thirty thousand dollar car, that doesn't work. You don't have a student loan problem, you got a car problem. <laughs> yeah, I you know, Ner- nervous I, laugh means you're gonna nervous. keep it. What's that mean? And listen, dude, I, I drove the streets of Houston. That's where I grew up in a nineteen eighty eight Tercel Easy hatchback. A thousand <laughs> bucks. You don't need a forty thousand dollar car when you're broke. 
That is true. It was just an emergency. I had no... No, no. it was not a $30,000 emergency. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> the beer just fell in my mouth, officer. No, you bought it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Uh, nervous laughs aside, the number one mistake newly minted college graduates make is they go buy a car they can't afford. So you're not dumb. You just did what most college graduates do. You went and bought a car you can't afford. And if you don't hear this loud and clear, it's going to hold you back. Because if you didn't have a, what, $650 car payment making 60000 you wouldn't be calling me about the student loan debt. So right. if I woke up in your shoes, if you were my son and you call me, my nephew and you call me and you said, I'm getting ready to get married, Papa Dave, uh, what should I do to get ready to have a great life with this woman I'm in love with? I would say work on your career. You're underpaid. You're worth more than you think you're worth in the marketplace today. You're a stud. Supply chain is an excellent degree field. Way to go. Good choice. And you bought a car that indicates you were doing drugs. So stop. <laughs> doing this stop 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 get rid this would be papa dave talking to my nephew i'll be going you're, you're out of control dude you got to sell it so the best thing you can do for the future joel and the future joel's wife is to get rid of this car and get you a beater and get rid of the student loans as fast as you can by living on beans and rice rice and beans and work on your career choice and she needs to work on hers you go get a four-year degree to make 19 dollars. you can make 19 dollars at target if you didn't even get out of high school so um, that, that's just ridiculous. She, again, you both have accepted positions, and you've somehow justified or rationalized it that you're, you're both worth more than you have been so far. But it's time, time to work on those two areas. If I were you, that's what I would do. Yeah, my, my dad's a criminal justice professor. I know that's underpaid. I know that's too low. And there's a number of things you can do across that, that field. Well, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff you can yeah. do with criminal justice. But... But that's not nineteen dollars, right? So I mean, what you and by the way, that's that's the, that's when we, when we say that that's when she says, "Well, I really love working with these kids." So I get that, yeah, I get that. But right now, you can't afford to do follow your heart or do mm-hmm. your passion thing or whatever Instagram's telling you to do because you got y'all got you bills. Quit to pay. your job and work with a youth group of the church, but that doesn't make sense. You, you I mean, got you bills gotta, to pay. Right? You, you do work with a youth group of church and work a job. That's, right. that's how you do that. You do both. You know, you can't mix the two up and be underpaid. It doesn't work. So. Hey, man, we're going to put you guys through Financial Peace University as our wedding gift. Hold on. Austin's going to pick up, and uh, we were messing with you pretty hard, but if you listen to what we said, it's going to help you. This is The Ramsey Show. Fake it till you make it. It's popular career advice, but it doesn't work for very long. If you don't love what you do, you can't fake the enthusiasm and energy you need to win at work. You also can't fake your physical health and energy. Everybody knows we should eat more fruits and veggies, but fruit chews and veggie tips don't count. If you aren't winning physically, I promise you're limiting your opportunities to win professionally. Folks, I know you're going hard right now to pay off debt and get ahead professionally. You need another gear, and that's why Balance of Nature will help you. They help me. They give me the benefits of fresh, whole fruits and veggies in just seconds. The blend of 31 different fruits and veggies is powdered, in an advanced process that locks in the nutrients. So go to balanceofnature.com and enter the promo code RAMSEY to get 35% off your first order and lock in a lifetime price as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com with the promo code RAMSEY for 35% off your first order. 
Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Hey, guys, we would love your help, and if you'd like to help us, here's how you can. Pretty simple. Doesn't cost you a thing, but a few moments of your time. Subscribe to this show. When you're listening on podcast or YouTube, click the follow button or the subscribe button, whatever it is. Uh, make sure you share the show, and that can be clicking a share button, or it could be that you clip the link and send it to somebody and say, hey, listen to this show. Uh, make sure you leave a five-star review hit the likes, all those kinds of things like that really help drive the algorithms that push the show to the front of the various platforms that we're on. And we're on almost everything. So thank you for being there. We appreciate you. We know that there's a bazillion of you new in the past six months based on our numbers and our data analytics and so forth. Thank you for showing up. We're glad you're here, but help us by sharing, subscribing, following, and leaving five-star reviews justin is in hattiesburg mississippi hey justin welcome to the ramsey show hey thank you david john it is awesome to talk to y'all i'm excited absolutely how can we help so my wife and i are on baby step two and we're trying to get really gazelle intense to pay off our debt and i wanted to see if you and dr john could speak to the physical and mental challenge of working 80 to 90 hours a week on the physical side being like, you know, fatigue, lack of sleep. And on the mental side, you know, your mind just telling you to call it a day when you still need to grind out, you know, those last few hours to make a really good week. Why are you losing sleep? You have plenty of sleep time left. Well, I guess like, you know, a day you, you work 16 hours and you have, you know, an hour commute and, you know, eating, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that you may get you know five to six and on a longer day you know you may get four hours of sleep mm -hmm. i often see folks try to continue the life they were living before they went gazelle intense and mm -hmm. they try to squeeze it in meaning i used to watch um all the shows well now i have to just watch my two and there's an hour right there or there's an hour and a half and I want to go to every single Little League game. Well, during Gazelle Intensity, you're going to probably have to miss some games because you got to work some shifts. And that's okay because you're playing a longer game. But I would wonder how much how much all-in are you? Yeah, that, 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 if there's some of that, and, and yeah, you check your actual time audit on where your mm -hmm. actual hours are going, um, number one. Um, then... S sleep is necessary. The second thing, though, is is you're not asking yourself to do this long term. This is a short sprint, right? It's not a. It's not. This is not sustainable for five years. Um, yes, sir. And that's not what we're asking ourselves to do. And I got a feeling just in talking to you that you have done, uh, in the past, maybe in, in sports or something else, you've done something where you stretched yourself to a limit, and. Um, if you ha if you're a person who's done that, you've experienced what we, any of us that have done that, uh, physical or mental or otherwise, you never return to the same shape after that. That's the benefit of the stretch. Yes, sir, I have. God has really blessed me with a body that can handle a lot. Yeah, and so you know, once you've done a half marathon, you've done a marathon, you've done a uh, uh, whatever the, the thing is that pushed you uh, physically and mentally or whatever, then you it changes your level of confidence. It changes the way your swagger, the way you look at the world after that, because you accomplish the goal and, and you know, you break the tape and you, and you go on through. So that that's the way that I have done it is I, I, number one, I look at it as a short term play. 
and so it's not going to kill me because right before you die from hard work, you pass out. Don't worry about it. I mean, it's okay. So, but the uh, so it's not going to kill me, and yes, uh, and it's short term. And then the second thing is, is that I'm going to get more benefits than just the money. In this case, you're you're doing it to make a lot of money to get out of debt. Okay, but the, right. I'm going to get character benefits, emotional, psychological, spiritual benefits, even relational benefits, because as a couple, we now know we can do things we didn't know we could do before. As an individual, I now know I can do that because before I and it gives me a different level of, well, if I can do that, then I can do another thing. And if I can do that, then I can do another thing. And that's, that's what this is versus being the typical fat American sitting on their couch watching Netflix and never stretches themselves at all. And Justin, yeah, there's some incredible neuroscience that is obviously this doesn't um, you can't you can't game then or hack this system. But you've known people who get under a squat bar and they feel that weight and they get that weird smile. And there's been people who get under that bar and it's like ah too heavy and they get off. One right. of those people says this pain is going to be worth this. Watch yeah. this. And then the other person says I need to opt out of this pain right now. And so there's, it's the, your mindset as you're driving home, you can be like, I'm so tired. I hate all of this. This is the worst. I'm so tired. I just clicked another click. How long have you been married? We've been married five years. How's she doing with all this? Um, son, that's interesting you ask that. Uh, one of the other kind of hard things for me is like, say that she has a day off and I'm at work. You know, when it's those last few hours when I still got, you know, four hours left and I'm already tired. And she sends me a text like, you know, I miss you, ready to see you. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I'm ready to see you too. I want to come home. But I'm like, you know, I need to stay here another few hours. Yeah, it's like, that, I know you lost 50 pounds, but here's some fresh baked cookies. <laughs> <laughs> but also, also, again, that's your mindset, bro, because she's reaching out saying, I want you to know I'm not at work with you, but I'm in this with you. Right. And it's real easy for you to be like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. I, do your best to, I mean, you're all in a short sprint. I, do do your best yeah. to roll that out. So and the good news is she's not she's not whining about she's it. She's not going, ha, ha, ha. Oh, yeah. You never, oh, you're no, never sir. home with me. Why aren't you ever home with me? She's not doing that to you. She just said, man, I miss you. I wish you were here. Because I'm, yeah, I'm married to a country girl that's a hillbilly. And if, if they learned one thing at her house growing up, it was unbelievable hard work. She has no patience for people that won't work hard especially if it was her husband and so i got the yes, opposite sir. i'm like get your butt out of here and get this mess cleaned up what's wrong <laughs> with you you know and so it was uh, she kicked me out the door you know and so yeah. occasionally now when i don't need to work she's like would you go to work and get away you know it's <laughs> like and so um yeah. you know so the uh uh but she but that so i had the benefit of a spouse that was <laughs> beyond supportive <laughs> supportive is not the correct right. term she supported you with her foot <laughs> with her foot your yeah, butt. yeah that's it but i mean you know yeah. in your case you've got a sweet one that's being sweet and saying i i miss you but i'm proud of you so you might even tell yeah. her that just go hey listen when you do that it, it it makes me not angry with you but it makes me angry with this whole situation it makes it hard work five more hours so if you would do that and just add to the end of it i'm proud of you you got this it sure would help me when my wife was pregnant with josephine after um she had we had had hank um she gave me a list it was just not a long list but it was a short list but she gave me a list of mm -hmm. questions i was not allowed to ask in the hospital and when she was in labor and i said why did you do this and she said because i know you love me and i know you're gonna ask how are you feeling does that hurt are you okay do you need anything 
And she said, right. when you ask those questions... It makes me want to strangle you. I want to set my eyeballs on fire. Just so I don't have to look at your face. Your eyeballs on fire. Right? So <laughs> she said... I, yeah. the best way you can love me is don't do this. I'll let you know if I need some. And yeah. so I think for you, just like Dave just said, if you let her know, hey, when you reach out, it, oh man, I know you're telling me that you're proud of me and you love me, but it just makes me hate being at work, and the, which makes me hate myself and makes me hate all this. Yeah. Can you just text me and say I'm so proud of you? And I'll know that you miss me. When you're when you're running the stadium stairs, um, you you have no memory of doing that when you look at the scoreboard at the end of the Super Bowl when you won. Or you make that catch, yeah. You have no memory of running the stadium stairs. Your brain does. Your brain allows you to do the only the celebration. Justin, you're a stud, man. I'm proud of you, and I think you're going to be okay. Uh, the good news is you're smart enough to talk about it and say I'm tired. You're smart enough to even take a look. Take okay, I got to take a day. I'm done. I got to take at least a day. I can't breathe. You, you know where your limits are, but pushing those limits is not a permanent thing. It's not a way of life. It's a moment in time. And the benefits are going to exceed the pain, I can promise you. Live like no one else, so that later you can live and give like no one else. If current times have shown us anything, it's that the least expected events can and will happen, and we have to deal with it. That's why everyone who has a family counting on them needs term life insurance. For over 25 years, the only insurance company I've recommended is Xander Insurance. Not only because they search all of the top term life plans to find you the best rates, but over the years, they have constantly changed and updated their systems to make the whole process simpler and easier to get the protection needed. You can now apply with a completely touchless experience with everything being done either over the phone or the internet. They also have plans with super competitive rates that don't require an exam, allowing you to skip a step and get the coverage you need faster. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Great rates and a simple process mean there's no excuse to not get this done, people. Dr. John Deloney, number one best-selling author of the book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Trisha is with us in Washington, D.C. Hi, Trisha. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, I have one simple question and one that's a little bit more complex. Um, the first is baby step four, 15% of income. Is that based on the base salary or is that total including potential bonuses? Total gross before taxes. Okay. Um, and then my second question relates to a second mortgage that I have or a mortgage that I have jointly with my mother-in-law or that my husband and I, I guess, have with my mother-in-law um, and whether how we should really be accounting for that in the baby steps. Does that go in bucket two or does that go in the bucket with the general mortgage um, payoff? Yeah. Where how do you, you have a mortgage that? with your mother-in-law? Um, so when my husband and I were expecting our first baby, my mother-in-law was retiring and we wanted her to move closer to us, but she couldn't um, afford a house near us. And we thought that, you know, helping her move toward where we were would be, you know, better than paying for a stranger to do child care for us. So we essentially assisted her in getting the house. So I'm on the mortgage. So you took out a, you're on her mortgage. Um, we're jointly on the mortgage. We own it, you know, 50, 50%. But it's her house. Um, 
Yeah, it's her primary residence, yes. Okay, so you took out a mortgage. You're a co-signer, in a sense, on her mortgage on her house. Uh, well, I'm on the title as well. But oh. Yes. yes. It, this is your mom? No, it's my husband's mother. Oh, okay. So all three of you are on the title? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So my question basically is, do I just kind of let this linger out there and make the payments? I mean, the payments is fine. Um, Are you making the payments? um, We split the payments. As a method of helping her? Yeah, yeah. And she helps. um, What happens to the house when she passes? Are there other siblings? Um, My husband has two siblings. We haven't actually discussed that, um, what happens when it passes. Um, when she passes, we haven't discussed that. Which okay. So all the money paid. that you're paying in reducing the principal may go to them. Uh, well, I'm on the title, so I know, but um, but you're not. You don't have exclusive title. She's got the title too, and her estate will get her portion of the title, and that that portion of the estate could go to the siblings. Sure. So, yeah. Number one, not discussing this is a really bad plan. Not having a plan is a really bad plan. So we need a will and a game plan immediately, and you may want to. Have it where the house is just uh, where the deed is changed and it comes to you at death. Okay. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. th- that that would solve a whole lot of things if you can get control of it like that. Then I would put this in your plan. A s- normal second mortgage on your residence. We tell folks if it's less than half your annual income, put it in baby step two. If it's more than half your annual income, it's in baby step six. So what's the balance on this particular house, although it's not a real second mortgage? Um, the balance is 371 Okay. I'm guessing you're not making 800 Uh, I make, after bonus, it'll be 500 Household income? Uh, 500 yeah. My husband's retired. Well, I mean, he gets, you know, 30000 through okay. the whole year for okay. disability, but... Um, yeah, you really need to get this straightened out so that you can get it paid off, but it really is a baby step six item. Okay. And, um, but, but if you pay it off and there's a paid for house and half of that house is owned by her and she dies and there's no will, that half of the house will be split among you and your sib or her, her, your husband and his siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dumb plan. Well, and I got to, Dave, yeah. I'm going to ask you a question about Trisha's situation. Okay. So okay. Trisha, I'm using you, your situation as Dave. Um, what happens if Trisha pays off her half? But mom's still There's making payments. It's an undivided interest. There's not yeah. a half. So 371 is just the total balance of the yeah. loan. If you pay down, if you pay down 371 by half, the other she's still liable for the other half. It's an un, you can mm-hmm. you don't. It's not two loans. It's one loan. That's that's, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. But Trisha, yeah. your 371 isn't half of the remaining balance of the house. That's how much the whole remaining balance is. Yeah, that's the remaining outstanding amount on the mortgage. So yeah. you're not you're not talking about splitting the payments with mom. You're talking about just paying the house off. I am. I'm saying pay um, off the well, house. and But pay it off in such and when you put the documentation in place that the house is yours. Yeah. That, that you know, treat it like it's a rental property. And it's mm-hmm. in baby step six and you pay it off. But right now it's not a rental property. Right now you start paying it off, you're going to get in an argument with somebody, a judge or a sibling or both, because there's no will and no plan. Or there's uh, a will that says just split it among the three of them it's dumb that's dumb i mean that was not the intent of this deal that's not a fair deal here because the others haven't put anything into this house you should split the rest of the stuff with them or that's fine but and certainly if you go and pay off 
you know a house that has your name on it but her name on it it's too. your house and, and and it you know that you're benefiting those siblings if you don't clean this mess up first so yeah we've got to do some uh some estate planning work here and then we need to put it in baby step six is your overall answer so hey good question um just note i would not have done this the way you did it i think there was other ways to help grandmother and help her move and help her be there to help raise your kids and all that kind of stuff without uh getting all tied up in this barrel of fish hooks that you got yourself in but you can straighten it out and by paying it off and by getting it deeded to you upon death um or before either one's fine with me open phones at 888-825-5225 geos in miami hi geo how are you hey dave how you doing better than we deserve what's up yeah all right. Um, so I just had a quick question. Um, so I'm thinking about buying a rental property with my sister. Um, but she's made it very clear that she doesn't want a, a 15 year. She, we we're kind of on a time limit. Um, because my, my income of this year is going to be like, not really that high. And so we're going to be going off on my income of last year. Um, and so I was just wondering if it's going to be a rental and if we're not really going to be living in it, um, and if, you know, we can potentially sell it before the 30 year mark, this would be, th- um, there's, you have three reasons you should not do this deal. Number one, you're broke. You don't make enough money to do the deal. Number two, uh, you're, you're going to be in a partnership with someone you're already in a disagreement with on how to structure the deal. That's dumb. Mm. Partnerships are dumb. Partnerships with family can be really bad idea. And, yeah. uh, number three, you shouldn't buy rental property with debt at all. You should pay cash for it. So, um, but you're kind of new to this whole Ramsey thing. So you didn't know any, I was going to say any of those things, but one of the sayings we use around here is the only ship that won't sail is a partnership because mm. um, doing 30 years of financial coaching, uh, you know what I see a lot? People like you and your sister in my office, both of you pissed off. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> yeah, because it didn't because the partnership didn't work. And I would t- I would tell her I love you enough that I'm not going to do this. Yeah, or I'm I'm out. It's not going to work for me. Well, I mean, you're not making as much money. Tells me that you're not you know you're you're not making good money. You don't need to be getting into rental property, and you're fi- financing it, and you want to do a fifteen because you got at least that much of a glimpse of the Ramsey stuff. Uh, and she's like, No, I want to stay in debt forever. No. Well, it's, Dave, I just keep having this conversation with folks about my age, a little bit younger, a little bit older, who just keep living on TikTok and they think that they are broke if they don't have rental property. Let me tell you what. They will live in a two bedroom apartment and try to buy a rental house with a 30 or 40 year note. It's madness. Yeah. It's heartbreaking what it is. It's the, it's a get rich quick syndrome. And it's uh, this idea that, you know, I, I'm going to invest in property because uh, that's going to make me wealthy. And the truth is that real estate does not make broke people wealthy. It makes them broker. That's why they call them brokers. And so it's, <laughs> you know, it's just when you're broke, real estate is, is a game that you play when you have cash, lots of it, because you need to play the long ball with real estate. And when you get up against the edge and the sparks start flying because there's friction because there's no margin, that's when you're going to lose your butt in real estate. So I started with nothing. I had $4 million worth of real estate by the time I was 26 with a million dollar net worth. I was making $200,000 a year in, eight, in 1983. 
That's a lot of money back then. I lost it all as I was playing the same stupid butt games that you people are watching on Tic Tac. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, number one best-selling author of the book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, and uh, host of the Dr. John Deloney Show on the Ramsey Network's podcast, very popular show on relationships and mental health, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. His new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, is on pre-sale. You can get it for $20 and $75 worth of goodies thrown in, like audiobooks and ebooks and talks and other things we uh, include as bonus items, all at RamseySolutions.com right now. Linda is with us in Roanoke, Virginia. Hi, Linda. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you for having me. Sure. What's up? Okay. So I am, I'm currently 64 years old. So is my husband. Um, I make about 115. My husband makes about 45 and we still owe 180 on our house. And he is not on board with paying the house off. And he, he loves that. that. Make, he I, evidently, he just does not want to pay the house off. And I've kind of, try to put my foot down and say, you know, when we retire, we're not going to have a house payment because we're going to have to sell it and downsize. Well, he's definitely not on board with that. And I don't really know how to get him on board. And I did listen to one of your podcasts and, um, where the conversation was about somebody not being on board. And I think, um, said, this is not a finance problem. This is a marriage problem. And I think that's probably a lot closer than anything. Hmm. I'm sorry. How long have y'all been married? 29 years. How much have you got in your uh, retirement accounts? My retirement is about, my 401 is probably about 175. Mm-hmm. I have a thousand dollar in my emergency fund. I have two rental properties that I'm in the process of paying off. I just paid off two of our cars. What What are the rental properties and, worth? Um, together about 200,000. Mm-hmm. And what's your home worth? But, my homework right now it's worth 180 and you owe 180 yes we owe 180 and it's worth 180 well no we we owe we owe 180 it's probably worth about 400 oh, okay that's what that makes more sense okay yeah it's worth and does, about your, 400. does your husband have any money in investments at all no and he doesn't he doesn't participate in any of my rental properties either yeah, you you got a pretty significant challenge going on in your marriage. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah. what I was thinking. E- even even the language that you're using, my rental properties, his stuff doesn't do anything. Um, yeah, y'all y'all got yourselves a a, a, a mess. Why won't he? And- how long has he not participated? Um, have Have y'all been living separate lives? Well, we have we we. Put money. We have separate accounts, and we have a house account. Our house account goes for all of the things that we use, groceries, all the bills, and then we have a savings account that we put money into to go for anything major, like fixes and and water heaters or whatever we need to put. put. That's but exactly. Bought- it's exactly the situation I had set up with Buddy and Craig, my two college roommates. That's yep. not. That's not a wife or a husband. That's not a marriage. 
That's a couple of dudes who are, uh, that's a couple of roommates. This is probably true. How long has this been going on? 29 years. 29 years. Whew. Yeah. So when I bought the rent, when I bought the first rental property, he did not want any part of it. I sell real estate on the side also, besides being a nurse. And so he didn't want any part of that one. And so I've just been renting it. I've almost, I only owe 12,000 on it. So I'm getting ready to pay it off next. And then I bought another property. Um, my daughter-in-law who had cancer was living in a horrible situation. So I went ahead and bought a house for her to live in. Um, which is right near me, so I could kind of help take care of her. And that property is probably, I owe about 62 on that one, and I'm hoping to get that paid because I'm snowballing everything. Wow. Um, I'm not sure exactly what to tell you, Linda. This is so (laughs) painful. Um, You guys are so disconnected. It's almost as if... um, your little brother who had a mental disability was living with you and you go and do everything in spite of him um, with a, you know, cause he's not, he's not on board with rental property. I did it anyway. He's not on board with taking care of the kid uh, that had cancer, uh, but I did it anyway. And he's not on board with this, but I did it anyway. He's not on board with saving money, but I did it anyway. And, and, and I'm the only one that has any assets, but I did it anyway. And he makes a fourth of what you make and he did it anyway. And, and yet you guys split the mustard in the refrigerator. I don't, I just, yep. I don't know what to do with this except tell you, beg you guys to, uh, but guess what? It's not going to work because I mean, you know, tell you to go see a marriage counselor, but guess what? He, he's not on board. He's not going to do that. What is he on board with? Yeah, what, what is it? He, what does he like? <laughs> he, he likes his comfy job and he likes just living the way he lives. Um, what does that mean? Well, I mean, he goes to work, he comes home, he goes to play golf whenever he gets a chance. That's pretty much it. Here's, oh man, this is going to be an unpopular, it's going to get me in trouble with the internet, and that's fine. Here's what you have to decide. Am I going to, it's been this way for 30 years, and this is going to be this way for another 30 years. And I'm going to keep plugging along and doing my thing, and I'm going to, I'm going to, head on down the road because this is the life that I walked into or I'm going to cause a ruckus in my living room. Turn on the lights. And I'm going to say this ends today. I hope you will come with me. I'm going to a marriage counselor. Right. And as a part of going to a marriage counselor, I'm going to learn that I have value and partnership and I can't do all this by myself and I'm, I can't keep dragging you and I can't, you can't keep using me as your bank and you can't keep using me as your sugar mama. I need a husband. I don't need another child. And that might mean that I'm out. That might mean I'm whatever. But I think you have to make that decision for yourself. And if you decide this is the life I got, it's annoying, but it is what it is. Make peace with it and move on with, down the road. Yeah. In which case, you're probably selling your two rental properties to pay off your home. Because if he won't sign the deed, you can't sell that home. And you have $180,000 and you don't have $180,000 to pay it off. Uh, you have 175 in your 401k, and uh, I guess he's going to retire and eat out of your retirement because he doesn't have any retirement, and you do. And uh, I guess the how, how, the rental properties that you're going to sell to pay off your residence, um, if, if you make if you attempt to make peace with it, it's going to continue to have um, poor results in your finances, 
um, because you're going to have to work around him again. And in order to do that, can't sell the house, so I've uh, got to pay it off. And can't pay it off with your retirement because you don't have any have enough. So those, I guess those uh, rental properties are going to be sold. You're going to pay it off if, if you stay in this. But I, I wish I had found you um, 28 years ago. I would have had you. I would have um, highly encouraged you to go to a marriage counselor and deal with this. I don't think you're going to do that now because I think if you were going to do that, you would have done it a long time ago. This is The Ramsey Show. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, if you can't even remember the last time you had half an hour to yourself, be honest, ask why. It's probably because everyone else's schedules, priorities, and emergencies are driving your life. And when you can't keep carrying that load, talking to a professional therapist can be a game changer. Therapy can be a place to work through your challenges with time, boundaries, commitments, and your own self-worth. Therapy can be incredible for figuring out what even makes you happy anymore and how to go make that happen. If you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. Because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced trauma. It's great for building skills to be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is completely online, so it's flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. All right, John, um, I can't leave that one alone. That one's bothering me. Uh, that one being, if you were with us in the last segment, lady married 29 years, she and her husband never been on the same page on money. And for that matter on life. Um, so I, I can't, I don't feel like I can help her. I feel like she's so far in that she's probably going to stay in that soup. Right. Uh, but, but what I would tell you is this, if you're listening and, and John, you can throw in, you know, whatever you, you whether you agree or not or and so forth, but, um, we have a we have an inordinate number of people in their twenties listening to the show, and watching this YouTube, and watching us on television and so forth. Um, if you are considering entering into a marriage, a lifelong commitment with someone, and you don't first make sure that you're in agreement and going to commit to stay and adjust in agreement on the subject of money, in laws because there's crazy in one of your families or both your family, kids, how many to have, how to treat them, are the inmates going to run the asylum or what, and um, religion. These are the four things that the data tells us. If you're in agreement on these four things before you're married, you have an inordinate probability, I mean like 90 percentile probability of staying married happily through your life. But people that are not in agreement on religion, in-laws, kids, and money live desperate, weird, toxic lives and are ineffective at all four of those areas. They're ineffective in their spiritual walk. They're ineffective with their money and wealth building. They're ineffective parents. um, And they're even ineffective family members to their extended family because they're not in agreement. I'm going to help my mama even if you don't want me to. 
you know, they're not in agreement. And, and you live your life in angst because you don't have alignment on these basic things. Please, for God's sake, don't call it love to marry someone that you are not aligned with like that. It's not love. It, it's drugs. It's alcohol. It's something. It's permanent roommate. It's lust. Yeah. But you're going you're gonna to end up with a roommate that you don't like. I think that I think beneath those four things is equally important because I'm thinking about this. Like on all four issues, my wife and I were aligned, and we are different on a number, probably three of the four, maybe four of the four. This 21 years later, I think being in alignment out the gate and equally important, being aligned with what happened, how are we going to act? What are, what's our process for when we get cross? Because you will get cross. I want to help mom. I don't want to help your mom. All right. Now the alignment is, do you just do what you're going to do? How do we, yeah. how do we lay, how do we set this problem in front of us and we tackle it together? And you got to have a plan to go forward in that last call. I don't want you, I don't want you retiring. I don't want to downsize. I don't want to do this. I don't do this. I just want to play golf and you make three times what I make. So I'm just going to take the money and we're going to put it all in the same pot. Uh, man, that's a dude that's cashed out, right? That's a guy that, that there was no alignment, not only on issues, but on how do we actually solve problems when they pop up in our marriage and they pop up in every marriage. Yeah. If you're listening to this show and you're 24 and you're dating and you don't take a clue from how miserable that lady is, there, I'm, th- that's what we want you to do. That's why we're coming back to this is we go, you know, you have got to make this a priority. It's not a business transaction. It's a values transaction. Because if when you can agree on your money, you've agreed on your dreams, you've agreed on your fears, you've agreed on your life. And when you can't agree on your money, you're not agreeing on the basics of life. And you won't sleep. And you will not ever have peace. Not by yourself, not with your friends, not with anybody. It haunts you. It haunts you. It increases the likelihood of addictions. It increases the likelihood of sexual dysfunction in the marriage. It increases all of this. Okay? So these things are so intricately tied together that you guys have got to be grown-ups. Quit. You know, this is not a this is not a Hallmark movie, doofus. And this by is the your way, life. On my show, people call in and I, they're so nervous. If I say what I need out loud, he might leave. And my response is always, well, good. You deserve more than that. And I know you're going to be lonely. And I know it's scary. And I know it's frustrating. And uh, there's a great comedian. He said the worst part about breaking up long-term relationships is... Um, there's no, there's no equity rollover. You can't tell your, your new, your, uh, it's Michael Che. You can't tell your, your, your new girlfriend, Hey, I went to her wedding, <laughs> her sister's wedding. I ain't going to this one. Like I get to carry that over. You don't get to carry you gotta that You got to start over again. I get that. It's all, it's, yeah. it's terrible. And the alternative is you spend the next 30 years looking at your bank account. So scared to death. You can't breathe. And you look over there and there's this lump on a, on a couch getting his golf shoes on. Yeah. For God's sakes, if you, if you, you know, if, if, if you look up and you're completely misaligned, you're going to, you know, you, you're you're going to end up liking them. They're not going to end up liking you at the end of the story. So it, you're you going to resent them. You might as well just call it now. Yeah. I mean, early, and, and before you end up in marriage, yeah. before you, you know. So please, folks, and and for those of you that have got young marriages, you know, you've been married two or three years and you're struggling to get to get aligned on these things. Go sit down with a marriage counselor. You know, it forgot, it forgot sakes, if you wanted to lose weight and, and, you know, become fit, you would hire a personal trainer. So why can't you hire a marriage trainer? Or if your breath smells bad, you go to the dentist, a professional. Yeah. Why, so why can't you hire a marriage trainer? 
You know, go, you know, or uh, maybe a good start for that is come to the marriage and money weekend Mm -hmm. that we're doing with John Deloney and Rachel Cruz. That's coming up um, in October. In October. I'm looking around here trying to figure out the date. But yeah. um, Yeah, that's 19 through 21. Yeah. Thank you. I'm trying to grab the cheat sheet so I'll get my act together here. But yeah, okay. 19 through 21 here in Nashville. It'll be at the Ramsey uh, Event Center. I didn't even think about that, but you could come do that weekend. That weekend's going to be pretty intense. I think ultimately, uh, in fact, I was doing a podcast earlier today. Should somebody do that weekend as a pre-marriage thing? You could. You could. You could. Okay. I th- and here's why. Because you're going to be surrounded by people who've been married for 25 years and for 15 years. And so you're going to get to see some couples down the road. And I think when you people catch them at the break and have a cup of coffee, yeah, yeah that's right. Or you can listen to the but they, they challenges. Co- the content's having. not inappropriate for a pre marriage. No, goodness, okay. no, okay, no, no, no. If you said I do, come on in. Okay, uh, or you're about to. That's right. Yeah. But I, but I think the at the end of the day, avoidance cannot be a strategy. It can avoidance when you're dating. Avoidance. I'm just not going to look at my budget. Well, Avo- the thing I, yeah, I think about Les Parrott when he says, and Doctor Les Parrott says, you know, when you have these. Uh, strong feelings about something and you bury them they have a high rate of resurrection they will show up they'll pop back out and they come back out in the most inopportune ways the most inopportune moments uh and and it takes another five years of therapy to figure out why they're coming out sideways and why you're yelling at your kid when actually it's it's a decision back over here whatever the thing is but yeah, yeah absolutely yeah so please folks please do not move forward in these relationships. If you're sitting there and you're a three year in a three year marriage, um, you know, have cause a ruckus. I'm not going to tell you what John says. I, I do not. I'm not going to tell you to go with the possibility of uh, make peace with it. Don't make peace with it. If you've been there for three years. Raise hell. Get in a marriage counselor's office. Raise hell about it. We're going to get on the same page. Or I'm going to call, everybody's going to be miserable and I'm going to be the cause until we get on the same page. I am, this is not okay. I'm not going to live like this. The worm has turned. Cause a ruckus. Get in there and do the work and and figure this out and find your voice. And, you know, you, you can be as loud or whatever. You don't need to be loud, but I mean, you can be as bold or raw as you want to be, but cause a ruckus. It's worth it because it's the only method to get to healing. And let me make this statement to my fellow gentlemen out there. You can cheat on your wife with a golf club and you can commit infidelity with your job. And so this idea that, well, I'm, I'm all good. I'm following the rules. I don't participate. I don't do nothing. That's cheating. That is cashing out. You're leaving your wife even though you're sleeping in the same house. Well, it's a manhood crisis, the wussification of America. You're acting like a little boy instead of a man. Throw your shoulders back and serve your family, you self-centered twerp. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, folks, Dave Ramsey here. There are moments in life we don't want to forget, like your kid's graduation or the once-in-a-lifetime trip. For the big moments, the everyday moments, and everything in between, every dollar is there to help you budget for all of it. It's the simple budgeting app that helps you plan, save, and spend for the important things. Budget for the life you really want every moment of it. Download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today, every dollar. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Hey, guys, we got a great radio partner in Phoenix, 
the legendary KTAR-FM, number one talk radio station in Phoenix. And uh, we're blessed to be part of their daily lineup. Their 15th annual Give-A-Thon for Phoenix Children's is taking place through Friday the 18th. Last year, they raised a record $2 million. Uh, you can donate in, in the Phoenix area or if, even if you just want to help kids in the Phoenix area by texting the word GIVE to 411-923. With a medical staff of nearly 1,000 specialists, Phoenix Children's is one of the largest pediatric health care systems in the country. In 2023, U.S. News & World Report named Phoenix Children's to its list of best children's hospitals for the 13th consecutive year. So again, if you're in the Phoenix market in particular, but anywhere, and you want to uh, flex that generosity muscle, this is a good cause. It's the annual Give-A-Thon for KTAR-FM for Phoenix Children's, and you text the word GIVE to 411923. Our question of the day is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Summer is busy, which makes it hard to find time for home maintenance, but Neighborly is your source for local home repair professionals like AirServe, Mr. Electric, and Dryer Vent Wizard. Go to Neighborly.com to be ready for any season. All right, today's question comes from Ryan in Virginia. Ryan writes, I have some friends that are trying to achieve financial freedom through retailing MLM products online and networking with other MLM multi-level marketing retailers. They are a very sweet, very sincere, but seemingly very innocent couple. I think you mean innocent as in naive, naive. The wife does take on occasional outside work currently, but I wonder how much of her income is absorbed back into trying to make their MLM business work. I haven't yet asked them what their net annual revenue income is from the MLM. They've been at it for two years. If they keep track of actual hours put into their business, what's an hourly wage, et cetera. But before I do, I want to ask if MLMs are still the shady, barely legal pyramid schemish companies they used to be. Or what your views on MLMs are? I haven't found much good said about them online. What do you think about them, and what might you suggest in way of having a conversation with my friends about it? Um, <clears throat> Federal Trade Commission says that ninety-nine percent of the people that join an MLM lose money. That's a staggering statistic. It's hard to actually believe. I'm not sure I do believe it. Um. The AARP did a different study that came with different numbers, came with different results. So I haven't looked into the methodologies on the studies to tell you, but they say that um, 27% of the people that join an MLM actually make a profit um, and that 70, you know, whatever the balance is, 73% lose money. Uh, not quite as uh, harsh as the FTC number, but um, I think – if you've just got good walking around sense and you've got a few decades under your belt, you can. we can all agree that the vast majority of people that start in an MLM do not make money. They lose money, whether it's well in excess of half. So there's a high probability that this couple, statistically speaking, has actually lost money for the, and has made no money for the hours they've invested. So, um, And that's just an observation. That's not a, actually a moral statement. It's not an ethics statement. I'm not saying whatever, whatever. What did he say here? Barely legal, pyramid schemish. That's. I'm not saying any of that. The bottom line is just the people that get in it generally don't make it, um, and so it generally makes the top five percent of the people in the thing. Uh, they make all their money off of recruiting, 
and uh, people buying the kits that uh, or whatever it is they buy when they become a recruit and you know or sign up for the licensing or whatever it is they have to do and the uplines make money on that uh, or they go um, they go sell what you know the methodology generally what happens is life insurance companies do the same thing uh, they hire someone young and inexperienced uh, with act- absolutely very little uh, belief that that person is going to be with them for 10 years, but they use them to get to their closest circle of friends, their uncle John and their, uh, you know, their grandpa Dave, and they use them to get an appointment because they couldn't get in to see John or Dave. But when, you know, the nephew calls up, it's just out of college and he's 24, we'll, we'll let them come over with, cause he's in training with his boss. And so they'll come over and pitch you life insurance. It's called working your natural market. And, but when they use up the, uh, the person's, uh, call list of what they call their natural market, the people that they actually have credibility with, then they've, they've run their course and the person can't make money. And so 80% of the people that join the life insurance world to sell life insurance are out of the business in one year. And that's not a multi-level thing. It's life insurance. So, um, but it's the same concept here. They work your natural market. So they recruit someone and then takes you take them to mom and daddy, you take them to your brother, you take them to your high school friend uh, who will let you in the door, but they wouldn't let anybody else in the door otherwise, and you recruit them or you sell them makeup or whatever it is you're going to sell them, whatever the multi-level is doing, right? Um, and so I do personally know a handful of people that have made seven figures in that world. Um, I know another guy who got so who used to speak for him all the time, got so disillusioned with the fact they were making more money selling books to the motivational books and tapes to their audience than they were running the actual business. The business was like a seminar business behind the scenes. And he, he was part of it cause he was one of the speakers and he got so disillusioned with that. He quit. He wouldn't speak for him anymore. And he's a professional speaker and author to this day. And you'd know his name if I named it. But he won't, he won't work with them anymore. But he worked with them for years. He was very well known in their ranks. Um, and so all of that to say, um, if you tell me you're in an MLM because it's a great part-time job, I'll tell you statistically you're a fool. If you tell me you're in an MLM because you want to grow a large sales organization and you have a skill set that helps you to become a sales manager to 100 or to 1,000 people uh, or 100 people that have 100 people, that have a hundred people, uh, I'm going to tell you, you might get rich. You might be one of the handful that makes a ton of money. But in the meantime, the people that join are inordinately bothersome to the rest of us. You hate to see them coming, don't you? It can be pretty tough. It can be pretty tough. Oh, you're going to be nice about this, aren't you? Well, (laughs) it can be real tough. Um, I always appreciate the young kids when they're hustling and, and trying to sell me Cutco or something. Like, That's I, it. So I always Cutco appreciate does, it. Cutco runs the exact same model, too. Not multi-level, but they run the work the natural market. Yeah. I, I mean, I always appreciate this. Yeah, they get their dad's cell phone I got phone a lot of their dadgum knives because Sharon won't keep them out of my house. <laughs> but it, I think one of the most bother them, they're bothersome. They're great knives. By yeah, they're incredible knives. Bothersome things about this question is um that if ryan was sitting with me the guy who wrote in and, and asked this question i would say hey did, have they ever even asked you your opinion yeah there's that because this guy sounds like he's spending a ton of time um he's already made up his mind wondering wh- what their finances are like and whether they're making the right decisions and whether they're doing what they're like man you don't get a vote unless they ask you in and so if they ask you in 
then you can give your opinion. But man, it doesn't sound like they're asking you in. It sounds like you're just waiting for a chance to say, hey, what you're doing is wrong and evil and bad, and you're going to lose money, and what are you doing? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're, you're those convinced against their will are of the same opinion still. And talking someone that's in an MLM out of being in one is about like trying to get somebody that loves crypto to not buy crypto. Or to argue somebody out of their religious stance. This is not going to work. Or who they vote for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Trump has caused all kinds of problems. Climate change, everything else. Well, the people that hate Trump hate him for for things he never even did. It's amazing. <laughs> Everyone so, hates every politician for things they, they never, never even, even did. did. That's true. I saw a great one the other day. It was uh, it was uh, like a library, and Obama was sitting at a table, and he had a uh, chocolate chip cookie and a glass of milk, and he picked it up, and the chocolate chip cookie was way too big, and he tried to dip it in the milk, and he got all mad, and he goes, "Thanks, Obama." <laughs> 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 yeah, everybody blames everybody for everything all the time. Blames himself as long as it's somebody else, right? So I I just, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with John in that sense. Ryan, mind your own business; it's not your problem. Yeah. But um, unless they ask. But what do we think about MLMs? Uh, In general, I'm not mad at them. If you want to go do one, be prepared to be a recruiter and a sales trainer, and and be prepared to manage a high turnover organization. And if you want to do that, and that's your call you have a chance of making this into a career and making money. None of them are good part-time jobs, statistically. Um, And and so you, you can do a lot better things on your side hustle. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, folks, it's Dave Ramsey. And Rachel Cruz. And we want to tell you our number one tip for managing your money well, I'm talking about budgeting. Yes, and everyone knows that I am a huge fan of budgeting. <laughs> well, that hasn't always been the case, though, has it, Rachel? No, but listen, I seriously love it now because as soon as I started making a budget, I learned that it puts you in control of your spending. And my favorite way to budget is on our app, Every Dollar. Yep, Every Dollar makes budgeting simple. It's the easiest way to make a plan for your spending so you can prioritize the things that matter to you. And you can get started today for free. Just download the app and check the show notes for the link. And you guys, don't wait to start budgeting. Download every dollar and create your free account today. Do it. It's the best. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Rachel is with us in South Bend, Indiana. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, Me and my husband, we are 41 years old. We've been married for 21 years. We're on baby steps four, five, and six. Perfect. Um, we still, yeah, we still really like each other. Um, <laughs> we have two school age kids. And yes, yesterday we argued about the temperature on the thermostat. It was a little cold. Um, so we, um, I work about six days a month and my husband works about nine days a month. We enjoy our days off together. I work as a nurse practitioner in the emergency department and he's a firefighter paramedic. Um, my question is, um, being where we are, we are paying more on our mortgage. In the last five years, we've lost about seven friends on the fire department, um, with the oldest one being 54. I'm not super emotional, but some of those losses were very close. Firefighters aren't known for their longevity in their health just because of the carcinogens they're exposed to. 
Uh, my question is, I feel I almost need permission for my dad and my brother here to say it's okay to be intentional for a season um, and enjoy life. We're not going crazy. We stick to our budget. Um, you know, I did go over $10 on dining this month, um, but the new budget starts tomorrow. Um, so I guess I, I, I know that I'm, as my husband jokes with me, that I'm worth so much more. It's a joke. Um, but I feel bad sometimes that um, knowing that I could bring in another, bring in more um, income and bring in more wealth, but at the same time balancing, enjoying the life and the season that we have. Okay, to be very to be very clear, stress. with the the current hours that you're working is what you would like to work. You just don't want to feel Correct. guilty about them. And during the number of hours that the two of you are working now, you're able to fund your retirement put money aside for kids college and baby step five and pay extra on your mortgage. Did I understand that correctly? Correct. Correct. Okay. So your only question is, do we accelerate our net worth increase, accelerate our wealth building by working more? And we don't really want to right now. Is that your question? That is my question. It's almost like I feel like uh, you you, you do not need to feel guilty at all. Okay. Okay. Because what we tell folks to do, is exactly what you're doing. Be very intense, sell everything, sacrifice everything to get out of debt, build an emergency fund. That's baby steps one, two, and three. And then when you get to here, you're supposed to go from intense, as you mentioned, to intentional. And by being intentional with the income that you have, you are living very responsibly. And by the way, you're going to become wealthy. It's just going to take you a little longer. Oh, and by the way, you probably will gear up your hours later when different things happen in your life. Right. And I want to, when my yeah. kids are both in high school, yeah, I'm like, just, okay, then I can work eight to 10 days a yeah, month. And that, that's, you know, you down, know but, but nobody, nobody says you have to. So no, no, what you're saying is you feel like the trade-off is fair for the hours versus the quality of life right now. Okay. And within the, within the confines of, again, saying it one more time, being responsible and you're already doing all of that. The only question is, do we want more wealth faster? And right now, the trade-off's not worth it to us. That's our intentional decision. I think it's wonderful. It's what we teach you to do. Okay, great. Hey, Rachel. needed that. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, there's something else here. Is that fair? Or let me ask you. Um, I'll, I'll just be more direct. Who, who's pushing this? Do you Do you want your husband to not be a firefighter anymore? No, he loves it. He I, loves I, that's it. not what I asked you. No, I don't. He like I really love like he loves it, and I love him being a firefighter. I love that we speak the same language. When he comes home and has a hard day at work, I know what it's like. I know what it's like in the ER to lose a kid on a job, and I love that he understands. Like it is just like we both truly love our jobs, um, and we joke that maybe we love it so much because we're not slaughtered and burned out by it um but no i oh i can't imagine him being anything else i truly love him being a firefighter i mean yes i think about at times like oh man i hope he doesn't die in a fire um but man he's always like if i'm fighting a fire and then i meet my savior um (laughs) then i'm a millionaire that's what he tells me (laughs) yeah and that sounds good i mean that that sentiment sounds good and that hug feels nice but like you said, you have you have a ringside seat. You've seen what it's like when there's um, a wife leaning over 
um, a bed in a hospital and he's gone. You've been there. And you've imagined right, yourself in right. that seat. The re- here's why I'm asking that. Because what you're, what you, the guilt you're feeling is trusting your instincts. You're trusting yourself. And we often lose trust in ourselves when we're living in a chaotic system. And we are in chaotic systems when either, A, we're doing what y'all are doing. Y'all are both first responders, and that's just the nature of the beast. And y'all are seat to trauma every day. Yeah, you, yeah, you are a secondary trauma package. Like, you have the, you have the uh, front row seat there. Um, or you haven't fully come out and said, hey, this, this, your job is killing me. And if that's not the case, I don't want to put oh, that out in no. the universe. That's awesome. Then that tells me that yeah, you're doing no. what y'all need to do to stay sane and well and good. And I'm going to high five you as one of the bravest couples you can, because it's real easy to look at that dollar amount and go chase it versus I want to um, make sure that we are filling up our pitcher so that when we go all in helping these people, because that's what we were put on earth to do, we are fully ready to rock and roll. Yeah. And, and for yeah, the person out there that's listening like- that wants to use this conversation as an excuse to... Uh, I, I, I just, I want to be intentional and in, I'm going to intentionally go into debt and I'm going to intentionally not meet my budget. That's not who, what we're talking about. Rachel and her no. husband are making their budget. They're making, they're putting money into retirement. They're paying extra on their mortgage. They're being responsible. The only question is how fast do we do more? That is a different conversation than we're just freaking using the, quality of life i'm worried about quality of life when somebody says that i generally translate that as lazy (laughs) (laughs) that's because your heart is small that's right and shriveled that's it and the grinch the grinch the grinch the money grinch that's me yeah and uh no i think there's time for i think there's times for sacrifice and i think on on both sides of the fence yeah and i I think there's not do too i think there's sacrifices all across the board but i also man she's not that she's not she's not in, in the sacrifice mode, doesn't need to be, uh, and she's not lazy, and she's not any of that. So she's not irresponsible. I, I'm completely on board with she's your She's in the guilt industrial complex where uh, <laughs> yeah. they will find a way to make you feel guilty about taking care of yourself and your family. Yeah, and she did say something about her father and her brother questioning their choice or something, but they don't get a vote. Nope, they don't get a vote. So that's how that works. Yeah, so here's the weird thing. You wouldn't intentionally do something that's irresponsible. Those are those, you know, what happens there is someone's justifying, they're rationalizing, they're going, you know, we've heard it actually twice in the last two hours. I was forced. We said that, you know, bought a car. It was an emergency. Well, I had to. Yeah. I had to. No, you didn't. It was a $30,000 car. You didn't have to do that. You know, it's, you don't have to do that. You weren't forced to buy a car. That's dumb. You know, but, but what happens is you build up the drama and the hyperbole in your head. That's not intentionality. That's just drama and hyperbole. It's reactive. And, and, and it's immaturity. And it's impulsive. Whether you're 56 or whether you're 26, you're being a child. And, and you're using the fact that, well, it was, uh, unf- I had several unfortunate things happen. Well, welcome to walking around. <laughs> Most of us do. Uh, you know, but generally that, that word unfortunate, it's like enforced. And it was an emergency. And I was trapped. And there's this fatalistic thing that goes around all that. And you know, that's not intentional. Intentional is we, we can see things coming. We have a little bit of vision out there for the future. We know we're going to retire. So we need to set some money for retirement. These kids are aging out. So we need some money for their college. You know, we, we're going to have to buy a car cause this one's on its last legs. So when you start saving for that, that's intentional and responsible because most of this stuff really does not sneak up on you people, by the way. They just announced it this year, the last week. Christmas this year is in December. No! 
No, it's coming. It'll be here in just a minute. Yeah. Don't let it sneak up on you. Why does Christmas sneak up on people? It's our, you know. Or the millions of people October 15th that will, that will say, wait, what? What's our loans are what? due? What? Our student what? loans? What? Student loans? Even the government what? came out what? ahead what? of time. What? what? This is the Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author of the book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, and host of the Dr. John Deloney Show. A uh, world-famous podcast on the Ramsey Networks is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Jennifer is with us in Detroit, Michigan. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Good. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? <laughs> so um, my my question revolves around um, my father, actually. So a little bit of a backstory. My, my mom was always the... Um, financial person in, in the house. She passed away about 10 years ago. And since then, my dad has come to me for most of his financial decisions. I'm on your path. Um, I'm 41. Um, my house is half paid off. Now I have zero consumer debt. Um, is he is he, he doing what you tell him to do? Not exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he comes to you, asks your advice, and then does what he wants to do. And then does about half of what I, you know, he'll okay. do about half. How of very I dad of him. <laughs> yeah. And six months later, he'll say, well, well, you told me, you know, six months later, well, you told me da da da. I'm like, that, I'm like, you didn't hear the other half of it. <laughs> you're starting to realize that your mom wasn't as crazy as you thought, aren't you? Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and so for me to be able to sleep at night, um, I, I need, I want to get, so I, I'll, I'll tell you the situation, the advice that I want to give him. And for me to sleep at night, I just want to make sure that I'm giving him the right information. Okay. Um, since he's in, he's in a different place, you know, in his financial journey and, and age, obviously, than I am. Um, I said, I'm 41. I have a teenage children. Yeah. <laughs> different yeah. story. But How old is um, your dad? He is, uh, he'll be 65 next month. And how much money so, does he have? He's looking at retirement. Um, he currently at this moment has 121000 in the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, owes 127 on the house, mm-hmm. um, which is worth about 425 mm-hmm. um, So I, my advice, to, what he sprung on me. And does he, um, ha- does he have a retirement account? Uh, no, this 120 is what he's planning on retiring on, which That's, was actually... So he doesn't um, have much money. Okay. No, this, well, which was actually a, um, a bonus, uh, an unexpected bonus that he got at work for 150 about two years ago, and he's just been sitting at Your mom's been dead 10 years, and he's not been saving any money. Correct. Wow. Okay. Um, he did, when she passed away, he got $100,000 from her life insurance and paid off, um, you know, uh, an equity loan that they have in the house, paid off car, you know, paid off cars, uh, reduced his dress. His but he's not saving any money. Okay. Correct. Correct. So he, <laughs> the other day he comes to me and he says, I found a house I want to buy. It's $120,000. I can pay cash for it. Isn't this great? And I said, that is great. Give me more details. Um, then he tells me it's, uh, which I have nothing wrong with. It's a, you know, it's, it's a double wide in a trailer park. Okay. What do you no mean you have deal. nothing wrong with it? I, no, no, no. I, what, what I have wrong with it is that it also comes with a $700 a month uh, lot rent payment. I got a lot wrong with it. <laughs> well, 
Well, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, you Not know. Not because I don't like trailers or people that live in them. I just right. don't like things yeah, that go down in value. Me. Exactly. So, so he's only got $100,000 to his name, and he's going to buy a depreciating asset with it. That's dumb. And have to pay right. $700 a month for the for their opportunity to lose all to this lose money. money. Thank you. <laughs> so he, you know, I, I said that you, I, I said you, if you were a little bit aggressive, you are, you have a $6,000 difference between what you have in the bank versus what you could do to pay your house off with. And he's like, but, but then I don't have any money. And I'm like, but then you have a thousand dollars that you're not spending every month that you would keep, you would start building up that fund again with. Um, I mean, I, I'm all for him wanting, you know, selling the house and downsizing. downsizing. He does not need a $425,000 house. And downsizing um, into a house or a condo that's going to go up in value. Right. You know, I even told him, I said, if you had come to me and said, this is the best neighborhood ever, they have all these amazing amenities and it's worth 700 a month. I, but it's not, he's doing this with the mindset thinking he has to have cash in the bank. So he sells the house. He'll, you know, net about a 300,000 mm-hmm. and he thinks he's sitting pretty. The problem is he's still paying 700. He's, he's trading no. off a thousand dollars. The hundred thousand, you know what a 20 year trailer is what 20 year old trailers worth. Nothing. 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 <laughs> Actually, probably less than nothing because you probably have to pay to have it moved. Yeah, nothing. Mm-hmm. They go down mm-hmm. in value. Why mm-hmm. not take the same hundred and fifty thousand bucks and buy a nice little condo or a nice little cabin somewhere? He has been, you know, quote, I'll say, you know, I can't see me, but I'm quoting. He's been looking for ever. He he's told me every year for the last ten years since my mom passed that he's going to sell the house. Um, but he, okay. Well, I mean, the answer to the question is you're not going to talk him out of it. It doesn't sound like. It sounds like it's one of the 50% of the stupid things you tell him to do he shouldn't do. He does anyway. And he's probably going to do it. So I can't stop him. You can't stop him. I don't know why we're having this discussion. But the the point is the, you know, should anyone buy a $100,000 trailer? No. There's not an instance in which I would tell you to do that. Not a single one. Because... What is that trailer worth 10 years from now? Less, much less. What is that trailer worth? Mobile home manufactured. Doesn't matter. If it had wheels on it, Bubba, this is what it is. It's a car you sleep in. It goes down in value. And I'm sorry for those for those are my friends that are in the mobile home industry, but you produce a product that goes down in value. So I'm not going to tell people to put $100,000 in something that goes down in value, particularly when they only have $100,000 to their name. Now, if you want to go buy a $100,000 car and you have $20 million, okay, you can afford to burn $100,000. You can afford that, and that's fine. But this guy can't afford to lose the $100,000. And, you know, in the name of I'm going to move down. Now, you're going to move all the way into the cellar. No, and no, I'm not a snob. I'm not too good to live in a trailer. It's not shut up. You poor mouthers. Don't even bring that up. That is not the case. The situation is simply this. The stupid things go down in value. Don't buy them. Now, Jennifer, I mean, I don't know how much plainer you can make it or I can make it to where your dad's actually going to listen, but please don't buy a hundred thousand dollar trailer that goes down in value. And for God's sake, don't pay $700 a month for the opportunity to lose this to rent the lot so what's the difference i'm trying to think of uh, somebody who's listening to the show and they're trying to find uh, a red flag what's the difference in buying a mobile home for 100 grand and renting 
at a thousand bucks a month, you're not losing money. You're just paying I mean, for a service. And number one, number one, we're not tell we don't tell people to rent for a decade. Yeah, we tell them to rent for a period of time till they get out of debt, have an emergency fund, and then are able to get a home. Okay. We, we, renting as a way of life for 40 years is not something I'm going to sign you up for. That's right. Buying a home is something I'm going to sign you up for. And buying a trailer to live in for 30 or 40 years, because, that well, that's what I can afford. No, no, you can't afford it. You can't afford to lose that much money. It's going down in value. You're losing money. More than the rent. Much more than the rent. And, uh, and you can't get out of them when you're in them either. You can't sell them. You'd be stuck. It's like a timeshare. This, oh God, see, not not enough time, not enough time. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, those of you guys out there checking in on Ramsey, let me kind of give you an update on a couple of things happening. We appreciate you being here. All month long, we're giving away cash. That's pretty cool. You could win up to a $500 weekly prize or the grand prize of $3,000 this month. RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway. Uh, while you're there, you can check out the $12 sale. Um, total money makeover from paycheck to purpose. Own your past, change your future. Just a couple of our number one bestsellers that are on sale. All of them just about are. You can pre-order Dr. John Delaney's brand new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, for $20. Get $75 worth of free bonus items. All of this is happening at RamseySolutions.com. The other thing that's happening is... Uh, if you haven't heard, the student loans are coming back online, and you're going to, have to start paying payments and interest in October. People are freaking out. They don't know what to do. Well, that's when Ramsey's at our best. We're here to help you with your freakout. We are going to do a, uh, a student loan live stream on September the 12th, and we want you to be part of it. It's me and Rachel Cruz and Jade Washaw. Jade paid off over $200,000 worth of student loans. Rachel Cruz and I have worked with um, millions of you over the years to get you out of student loan debt, and uh, you're going to have to face this. We're going to talk about how we got into this student loan mess, the student loan debt in America, how we got here and how we get out. September 12th at 7 p.m., a free live stream. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash student loans. Sign up for the free live stream. John Deloney and Rachel Cruz will be doing the Money and Marriage Getaway. There are a few tickets left. It is about sold out here in Nashville, October 19 and 21. It's a whole weekend-long event, several days, a three-day deal, right? Right. It's a, yeah. a full-on marriage retreat. Yeah, and it's uh, be held here at the uh, Ramsey Event Center, but we've got all kinds of very interesting curriculum and content that you do not want to miss. And, and it's a party. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. M- one thing about john and rachel be in there it'll be funny you can just count on it <laughs> it'll sure. be expensive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> money and marriage getaway october 21 19 and 21 uh and the whole gang will be in chicago those of you in that area just a little north of chicago up on the willow creek campus we're going to be doing an event there on september 15 and 16 just a few weeks away the smart conference uh friday evening and all day saturday talking about how to get the career on track, mental health issues John will be dealing with. We'll certainly be dealing with money issues and student loan issues on that day as well. The Smart Conference, Chicago, September 15, 16. So that's a bunch of stuff going on around Ramsey right now. You can find all of it at RamseySolutions.com. Stop by there, and we would love to have you. A lot of the things I just mentioned are very inexpensive or they're free. So uh, pretty cool. Now, the uh, VIP stuff for the Smart Conference is all sold out. But there is some uh, general admission tickets, and we would love to have you. And we have some special programs to upgrade you 
if you come in on GA, might end up might end up somewhere else. So be sure and check that out. Again, Chicago, fifteen September fifteen and sixteen. Joe's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Um, so my girlfriend and I, we own a duplex, uh, we bought in 2020 around October. Um, and we were thinking about moving, uh, somewhere else. Currently we live in the bottom half and we were renting the top unit. Um, up until recently, our, our last tenant just moved out. Um, we kind of don't, I don't want to say we're over the landlord life, but, um, we're not sure if we want to use the space, um, for, you know, we both work from home. So we're considering using it as like a home office, um, or renting it out or just moving entirely and either renting out both units and taking that income towards whatever we decide to either rent or buy, um, or, um, selling it completely and just, moving away from it and, and buying something um new so ding 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 <laughs> that's the one you're gonna do because you already decided that for you called me you're done homie what's that sell it you're yeah. out yeah you, you, you're out you're done you, you everything in your language your voice tone everything said you were done you're ready yeah. to move and have a fresh new clean thing and you don't want renters anymore it's all over you Often, often so, people I, call and we're trying to talk them out of their hysteria because what they're proposing with the real estate deal is insane. You're the exact opposite. You've already, you've already settled <laughs> on this. You just want you, someone brother. to tell you you're not insane. You're not insane. I would sell the crap out of this thing. And I mean, in three years, I think we paid 164. We've done some renovations. We've improved the kitchen and the backyard and everything. So I think we could maybe make some money off of it. Probably sell it for 200 something. Yeah, good. Um, but also the area that we're living in is kind of developing. They're doing a lot of, you know, you know, updates Joe, of the roads. And, Joe. Yeah. You're Sell over it. it. You're over it. <laughs> Don't talk yourself back into it. You're not going to talk me into it. You're over it. Yeah. This is how ulcers are formed. When reality's <laughs> in front of you and you're like, yeah, but one time they're going to edge and they're going to put a curb in. You know, I, let me tell you, man, I, I got a, in the real estate business, I was 18 years old. And mm-hmm. this old man had this uh, piece of property that was about five miles from the commercial area. It was a piece of yeah. farm, piece of farmland, and um, he, he wanted like a million dollars for it. And it was worth a hundred thousand, and he said, yeah. "But but it's someday it's going to be commercial." It's been right. forty years. <laughs> Still not. It yeah. just now turned commercial. He died a decade ago. But oh, it just okay. now turned commercial. I mean, you know, so you can, you can, what if, if, ands, and buts, and all that the rest of your life on real estate, it always moves at a different speed than we think it's going to, faster or slower. Doesn't matter. None of that matters. You're done with this situation. It, aren't you? Right. Aren't you? Well, emotionally, so. you're done with it. Well, the one thing is just living underneath yeah. a tenant is yeah. what I'm done with. You don't but have to apologize. It's both okay. We move and we rent both. If you listen to the show, I tell people to. not to buy duplexes with a tenant next door. Uh, but if you're going to, you must understand the good news is your tenant is next door. You can find them. The bad news is your tenant is next door. They can find you. Right. And that's what you discovered, right? Well, the the one situation I wanted to ask is if we move out and we rent the bottom and the top and we're no longer there and we're using that income towards, 
you know, Joe, a, a rental or something. Joe, is that not worth it? Joe, not worth the headache? Joe, or? Joe, rental property is fine, but Joe doesn't like renters. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Joe, Joe, I'm, I'm not talking about everybody else, and I'm not talking about the concept of investment real estate. I'm talking about you. You're done. Yeah. You don't want this anymore. Someday right. later, you may want to be a landlord again. But right now, um, you, you've had your you've had your trip on the crazy train, and you're tired of the crazy train. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Take a break from crazy. Go get you a house. And by the way, don't buy a house with somebody you're not married to again. Okay. Well, you're I'll gonna get bit. You're gonna get so. bit. If you, listen, if you're gonna buy a house with her, put a ring on it, buddy, because you're gonna get yourself in a mess legally. Because you can't break up with a house. You can break up with a girl. But the house, both of you own together, and you don't have the benefit of divorce court for the judge to tell you what to do because you are not in a marriage. You are in a partnership without any partnership documents. And so if she just decides to run off tomorrow to wherever, Timbuktu, and you can't find her, oh, well, you own a house and you can't sell it. Because you be stuck. I know she's not going to go crazy, but those tenants were going to be easy to work with. That was passive income. And so things don't always turn out exactly like we think they're going to. Please, for God's sakes, don't buy another house with somebody you're not married to. People, stop doing that. You get. We see people in our dadgum counseling offices every week, financial disasters getting foreclosed on. They should be able to sell the house. There's plenty of equity, but we can't find said X who spun out and took off and wasn't married to. And we would not have jobs if it wouldn't if it didn't happen to you. Yep. It can always happen to you. That's what makes us so relevant. This is the Ramsey show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Thank you for being with us America. We're so glad you're here. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Devin is in Portland, Oregon. Hi, Devin. How are you? Hey, Dave. Um, yeah, thanks for taking my call. I guess I'd like to start this off with, uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for you. Um, kind of nervous and uh, excited to talk to you at the same time. So, Well, thank you. Um, how can we help? Well, so I guess trying to sum things up here the best that I can without giving my whole entire life story. Um, I, I got out of about a year ago, about of a 10 year long relationship. And, uh, the last like three years of that 10 year long relationship were pretty much just like a downhill coming to the end. And it was a lot of denial on, on my part. And, um, so having said that within those three years, you know, I basically, I went from like pretty, pretty good standing, um, financially sitting and then, uh, basically just kind of burned my life down to the ground because I found, you know, I, I could find some type of happiness and buying stuff. And so over the last three years, I got myself and, and some debt. Um, and I guess to add on to that, and one thing I didn't tell the guy over the, um, your, uh, one of that, that guy that, that basically I've been working with to even talk to you. And, um, is that also around that time, um, I was uh, given the opportunity to assume my grandparents' loan for their house and their property. But that's something they want to give me as kind of an inheritance thing. Um, and I I drug my feet on it. Um, but it was also at the same time that the whole, my, my past relationship was starting to fall apart. 
And so I just basically spiraled. Um, and then from there, everything kind of fell apart. And I'm just now kind of rebuilding my life. The last year, I found a new woman. Um, and we're, it's, she, is, she is straight up a blessing from God. And we're actually getting ready to get married here pretty soon. And so I'm not really in the financial situation. Um, and like, I have this urgency that I need to get this thing done with the house as, as fast as possible. Um, but I'm not financially able to do it at this moment. And, um, my credit isn't as good as it was back when I first got broached this idea. Um, so I, I don't know, I guess I'm just kind of, my life right now is kind of a little on the chaotic side between the, the marriage thing and also just, you know, this real sense of, uh, how, how can we best help you? Well, I guess, what would you do in my situation? Um, I, 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 do you know much about loan assumptions? Like, do you yeah. have to have yeah. super great credit? I mean, what? Well, you have to have enough, you have to have the same credit as if you were going to get a loan because you have to, you're basically taking out a loan. So I've, um, I've never had a house before. Yeah. Um, not sure you need a house. Uh, the, um, okay. So here's the thing, what you're describing and you use the word a couple of times and you described it well is chaos. And so, you know, what we would want for you is to move from chaos towards order. And what that involves usually is simplifying things and cleaning things up. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and making real clear decisions. Some of those decisions are a yes. Some of those decisions are a no, um, and so on. So, uh, and I think that's the biggest way you can be a blessing, uh, and talk about being a, a real husband getting married. Congratulations, by the way. So how much debt have you run up, Devin? You know, in the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't sound like a whole lot. Devin, how much so debt have you run up? Um, right about 45 grand. Okay. On and what? Then, uh, on what? Uh, death by a thousand cuts, all sorts of different stupid loans. How much do you owe in your car? None. No, no, not right. Okay, so what is the majority of this? Credit cards, personal loans, uh, credit cards. Um, yeah, basically. Okay, so like you that. are medicating the pain by buying crap that you didn't have the money to pay for. Pretty much. Okay, that's not that unusual, and it's not doesn't make you a bad person. But it good, it's good, it's good to say it out loud so that you don't do it again. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if this girl breaks up with you. You can't keep on this pattern and use the, the breakup as a reason to continue to be irresponsible in your pain. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd say the whole, yeah. with, with the new marriage thing, it's actually been a really, really big motivator. I have yeah, actually started going back to yeah, church that's, to yeah, be good. a man that I want to be. Good. Good. That's awesome. Okay. So what do you make? Uh, so I, I'm a union, uh, journeyman contract or union journeyman, uh, carpenter. If I can work full year round, cause sometimes, you know, it's when the project comes to an end, it's kind of hard. Uh, my, but my yearly is at right around like, I think like 93,000. It's not bad. Okay. What do you pay in rent? Uh, I pay around 600. Um, my girl is going to be moving in with me pretty soon. Um, at the place that I'm trying to get and we're going to be paying about 14 at that point. But 600. Okay. Um, Sorry for all the extra information I'm giving you. I don't know. I'm just trying to paint the biggest picture. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. The, um, <sighs> okay. Uh, uh, let me think here. Um, 
I would not tell somebody to buy a house while they have debt. I would not tell somebody to buy a house um, and shack up with their girlfriend, especially when you just told me you're going back to church. Those are inconsistent things. Um, I would not tell somebody to um, – uh, I would tell somebody to live on nothing and pay off this debt really, really fast, making 90 by taking 16 jobs, taking every job you can get your hands on, swings a hammer, make some money. Um, and what, what, I, what, I'm, what I would love for you to do is to really clarify your life and say, I'm only going to do a couple things here, but I'm going to do those things really well. I'm going to engage in uh, some pre-marriage counseling. I'm going to plug into this church learn how to, like you said, I'm, I'm going to be a different kind of a man and, and I'm going to find out how to be a wonderful world-class husband. I'm going to concentrate on that. Part of that picture is I'm also going to live on nothing and uh, I'm going to have to tell grandpa right now I can't do this deal and I'm going to get this dadgum mess cleaned up that I made so that when you step down the altar, uh, you're a different guy than you were two years ago and it puts you in a completely different thing. That That's the whole process. That's what I would tell you to do. Uh, I don't know if you're going to do any of it, but that's what I would you, you need. Uh, you're even talking to you is chaotic. I'm going to say you, you can't fix anything unless you stop talking to yourself. Like you're trash. Like you're the worst guy that ever existed. Um, Cause you're just pumping that into your brain and you got to stop. You fell in love with somebody and you were together for 10 years and you got burned and it ended tough. And then you made some rash decisions. Join the the long line of us that have all done similar things after breakups. What you have to do is decide I'm going to, I'm going to make this thing different. I, I, I would love in another world to have a different conversation. Cause I don't know that you're ready to get married because you still can't even talk about your ex without not being able to breathe. And so I want you to make very, very sure you're you're ready to take on a lifelong covenant till death do you part with this person. This person could be wonderful, could have inspired you to go back to church and, and fix your life and all that, but this person isn't your personal savior. And if you if you saddle this new girlfriend slash fiance slash future wife with that, it will end in ash. It's a somebody to walk alongside you and together y'all create something new. This is not somebody that she's gonna carry you through the through the all the mess she's making you feel better right now um but man make sure you are all ready to rock and roll before you go go get hitched up here there's a difference between her motivating you to a higher level of nobility and you deciding to go to a higher level of nobility that's the difference in her healing you and you healing you yeah you know and And people that you care about and love they should motivate you to to go get better they should not motivate and, and and it sounds like she's a quality lady I agree with that. Um, and so, uh, but, but yeah, you need to get aligned with, Hey, I'm going to get on a track. I'm going to get with some men, get some men in my life. I'm going to get plugged into this church. Uh, I'm going to start thinking about how I'm going to treat this lady. Like I would treat, like I'd want some, some character to treat my daughter someday. And I'm going to honor myself and treat myself that good too. Yeah. Stop beating yourself up, man. Absolutely. Proud of you. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. Absolutely. This is the Ramsey show. Our scripture of the day, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, narrow joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Booker T. Washington said, live out of your imagination, not your 
history. Kevin is with us in St. Louis. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, can you guys hear me? Absolutely. What's up? Uh, well, I was just calling in. It's um, I've been trying to get in for a bit. Um, well, I my wife and I had a daughter over a year ago, just over a year ago. And uh, she was born into the NICU for over 120 days. And um, during that time, I admitted to her some uh, stuff in our marriage that I should have mentioned a while ago. And uh, so it's kind of put our relationship into basically a hell. And um, what did you tell her that you did? Well, I had two emotional affairs in her in the first two years of our marriage. And how long ago was that? That was in back in 2021. Oh, just the other day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, and then you and, tell um, her you tell her this while the kid is in NICU. Yeah, it, I we talked to a counselor and um, I basically um, that later that night, you know, I I said I was struggling with some stuff and she asked me, "Hey, what else were you struggling with?" And I said, "Well, I." Um, no, I had two emotional affairs in you, um, at the beginning of our relationship. Okay. So where are we now, bro? Um, so it's been a year. Um, so my daughter turned a year, uh, last Friday and, uh, we're now, we're working through, we've been, you know, talking to counselors throughout this whole year and we're finally trying to get back on track with our marriage and I'm, I'm getting back with my relationship with God and so is she and, um, we're we're trying to, I guess, not get back to where we were, but become even a better couple than before. And, um, we're, uh, currently we're in about $67,000 of debt, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can be a leader again in our marriage and how I can, you know, walk us through this, walk us through other stuff, like our relationship with God through, um, even after I've been, uh, you know, a jerk the whole time. I don't ask the question a little more clear because it sounds like you've got a pretty clear path ahead of you. You did some you well, you, you you did some stupid stuff and you said you admitted it and you said I'm sorry and then you've been doing the work to get it back and now you've got a financial mess to clean up, which is a way y'all could come together. Um, you have a daughter who was um, on the brink and she pulled through and i mean so it sounds like you're unable to see the blessings and the the light on the path that you're on and you did you're the one that keeps wanting to go back yeah yeah you gotta do you gotta I, quit dragging that crap that have from the past back yeah is your wife the one bringing it up all the time no i think i think that we we had just started talking to our pastor like about a month ago and trying to get the church to help us out. And so I think, what, I think what, it's just, what, what's the church need to help you out for? Um, just with our marriage, you know, um, what's still wrong with your marriage? I think, I think my wife just has been having trouble trusting me. And I mean, I haven't really been fully committed and, uh, until probably about a month and a half ago. Well then dude, you've got a long way to go. It sounds like you've been going through the motions and, and performing for the last, almost year yeah she yeah, deserves better than that my friend yeah yeah so i mean i think so she should she should was, listen, i thought you said you've been seeing a counselor for a year yeah she should not trust yeah. you she shouldn't your counselor just inept 
I mean, no, I, he should have called you I out think, for not being all in. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. She yeah, shouldn't trust I mean, you right now, and that's fine. If she's choosing to continue to be married to you as y'all rebuild trust, great. Be trustworthy. Starting yeah. today, be trustworthy. Yeah. You owe $67,000. Get four jobs by the end of this weekend. Yeah. Stop sitting around and moping and, and just letting stuff loop and loop. Do you still have something you haven't told her yet? No, I've, I've been uh, clear about everything with her. Okay, then why have you been only partway in the last nine months? Um, Are you dragging a new mother who's trying to keep alive a Nike, NICU baby? Why, I mean, what, what are you doing? I'm, I guess I'm just, I'm not really sure. I, I guess I'm just kind of, um, I guess I'm scared that, like, I won't be a good leader. And You're that, not being one. Yeah. And that can change right now. Yeah. You want to be a good leader, be a person who's trustworthy. Be a person who shows up and commit and set, and does what they say they're going to do. Be a person who puts right. a plan down on the table and not doesn't just direct the plan and but asks takes actions for the good of others, not how, yourself. Exactly. How can we co-create this thing together? What do I need to do to begin to earn trust back because I blew it? Yeah. And then after I told you I was all in, I lied to you for another 9 months. Yeah. You got a long road, man, and I think it's all worth it. You can do it. Yeah, you can do it. Absolutely, you can. There's nothing that there's nothing you told us that preempts you or excludes you from being a good leader in the future, right? Or for being a man of fanatical integrity in the future, from being a um, a husband who serves his wife and child in the future, which is called a man. Um, right. There's nothing that excludes you from doing that. All of these things are choices. They're not DNA. Right. It's not It's not imprinted on your soul. You just get to wake up in the morning and go, now I is one. Now I is a man of integrity. Now I is a man who is worthy of trust because I am trustworthy. Now I is a person who thinks about how I can make everybody's life around me better. Um, and that's not codependence. That's service. And um, those that are first shall be last. Those that are last will be first. The greatest joy on the planet is learning to serve. And so you hear me getting on to you, man. I want you to hear me trying to do the best I can to turn the lights on and off, to turn the music off, to put my hands on on your shoulders and look at you and say, do you got so much beauty around you? You got so much good around you. Yeah. You got to decide I'm, I'm going to be in. I'm going to go do these things. You got to stop thinking about everything and stop chit-chatting about everything and stop whining about everything and go get after it. Kevin, there's an old story that um, I don't know if it's true or not, but Tony Robbins told it for years. He said that there was two twin boys that grew up. Their father was a bank robber. He was in prison. And one of the young men became a, a spiritual giant, highly successful in business, and the other one became a bank robber and was in prison. The researchers went to interview them and interviewed the young man, the twin that was in prison, and they said, um, you know, why are you in prison? He said, with a father like mine, who wouldn't be? And he went and interviewed the guy who was highly successful and had become a spiritual giant. And they said, how did you become highly successful and become a spiritual giant? And he said, with a father like mine, why wouldn't I be? And so what it amounts to is that they made choices. They, they both blamed it on their father, but neither one of those were accurate. They both made choices about their future. You can choose the path. You do get to choose that. It's not imprinted on you. And so, um, you know, leaders are not born. Leaders are people that just decided 
to lead. It's a set of skills that I'm going to lean into and I'm going to learn it, like carpentry. Just going to learn I'm it. I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to practice. I'm going to do it. Marriage, being a good husband, being a good wife, is a, it's a decision and a series of skills to be developed. Uh, but, you know, I, my wife didn't come with a manual. Um, oh, my, my wife gave me one <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that she wrote, but it has, it has know, changed over time. Most of us aren't married to a PhD, That's but yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. So there's that, but the, <laughs> but yeah, I, so Kevin, I've got great hope for you. Um, you? It, it, because the beginning of, uh, a resurrection, the beginning of a renewal in your life and you getting a brand new path, it's a whole new path. It, regardless of your past, is, uh, is is the simple act of repentance, which means a turning away. I'm turning away from the old man. I'm going to become a new man. And that's a decision, and you can do it. Hang on the line. I'm going to send you a copy of Own Your Past, Change Your Future on me. But I want you to read it all the way through, and I want you to begin to follow that path. That puts us out of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.